Overthinking. We've all been there. Where one thought seems to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply. So all we're left with is a giant mess to try to make sense of. Maybe you're someone who struggles with this kind of overthinking. Maybe you're someone who sabotages your own plans, desires, and blessings by getting yourself involved in other people's drama. Or maybe you're someone who constantly feels like your thoughts and emotions are proving to be uncontrollable and are controlling you instead. Whatever it may be, we can all benefit from learning how mastering our inner world can truly transform our outer world, pull us out from being stuck, boost our faith, and take our lives in the right direction. Let it go. Emotional detox. starting a new three-part message series today called Let It Go, an Emotional Detox. Isn't that a good thing to do at the beginning of a year, to detox yourself from all of your toxic emotions that are hurting you and are harming you? But you know, very often people don't like letting go of things, even if they are toxic things, even if they are unhealthy and dysfunctional. Sometimes people like holding on to things. Now, I think there's different reasons for that. I think some people like holding on to things because they actually like something to complain about, you know? Um, But there are other people who hold on to things, not because they want to complain about them, but because they, they don't know who they are if they let them go. For instance, I've known people who are suffering from grief because of someone who died, and, but it was a long, long time ago, and they, won't, they can't let go of the grief. In fact, I remember talking to someone about it, and, and this was their logic. I can't let go of this grief, even though it was like decades ago. I can't let go of it. And their logic was, if you really, really loved someone, you would be so devastated by their loss that you would never get over it. And if you got over it, it meant they weren't that big a deal to you. That was the kind of logic. And but then I, I said, but would that person want you to be suffering for the rest of your life? You're saying that because you love them, but they loved you, and they wouldn't want you to be suffering for the rest of your life. They would want you to, at some point, let it go. But sometimes we don't let things go because, because we're scared because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it reminds me of the story of the man that was walking along the edge of a cliff, and he slipped and fell off. And um, it was like one of these movies or cartoons, you know, there was a little dead tree branch sticking out, and he grabbed onto that with one hand. But this, this tree branch is dead, it's dry, you know, it could snap and break any time. And they start shouting, help! help, is there anybody up there? And then after a little while, he hears a voice saying, yes, this is God. And the guy says, can you help me here? And he says, yes, I want you to trust me. Let go. Let go and let God 
And the man thinks for a minute or two and then he says, is there anybody else up there? (laughs) Because if you feel like your life is in free fall, you will hold on to anything, even if it's painful, because at least it's familiar. At least it's not the fear of the unknown of what your life will become. And so sometimes we, it's, we have this, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. It's better to keep the problem you have than let go of it and not know who you'll become. Here's what the Bible says in the book of Psalms. It says this. It says, cast your cares on the Lord. It doesn't say hold on to them. It says, cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will give you the strength. He he will give you the energy. He will enable you to be carried through. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You know, this is what we tend to do. There's there's different kinds of of, uh, emotions that we can have. Guilt. I've mentioned guilt already. Uh, sorry, grief rather, grief already, and wanting to hold on to grief because of, of the memory. But do you want to know something? When you hold on to grief, all you remember is the grief. All you remember is the fact that you are sad that the person's not here. You don't actually remember the happy memories when you're holding. But we hold on to it. Guilt's another one. You know, grief and guilt are, can be healthy emotions. There is a time to grieve. The Bible tells us there's a time and a season for everything under heaven, including a time to grieve, a time to mourn. And, and it is a healthy thing for a season of time. Guilt is, can also be a healthy emotion. You know, it's like physical pain, you know. If, if you stick your hand into a fire... If you didn't feel any pain, you would sit there until your hand burned off. But you feel the pain. The pain is a gift. It is telling you to take your hand away before you get further harm. And guilt is like that. Guilt can be a gift. It can let you know when you're doing something wrong, when you're going down the wrong path. But, you know, after you have actually repented, after you've asked God to forgive you, after you're on the right path, if you're still holding on to guilt, you need to let it go. God has forgiven you. It's time to forgive yourself. But we hold on to these things. Um, control. People want to hold, pe- very often people hold on to, people who are controlling of other people, they are that way because they themselves are insecure. They're scared that if they don't manage everything and everybody in their life, that their life will become out of control. So they have to be in control. It's very, very hard for people like that to let go of control. But if you are a Christian, isn't your trust supposed to be in the Lord? Aren't you supposed to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding? Doesn't the Bible say God's thoughts are much higher than our thoughts? But somehow you're convinced that you've worked it all out, how everything should be in life and you have to control it. And to relinquish that can be a fearful thing for people. You know, when we have... Or let, let me see this. We tend to do two things with our inner turmoil. 
we tend to do two things with our inner turmoil. We either suppress it or we express it when what we really need to do is let it go. Let me show you here. I, haven't, I don't know how easy this is to, to open up. Oh, okay, here we go. This is all of our inner turmoil. And so we have all of these things in our life that, that come into our life at various times. You know, all of us will face situations. Untie that for me, will you? For goodness sake. <laughs> oh. I loosened it for him. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to open a jar of jam and you can't do it, and then your wife just turns it, and, and you know you loosened it for her, you know. <laughs> right. So these are all your emotions. These could symbolize various different things. I mean, like, one of them could symbolize anger, for instance. And another one could symbolize fear, and another one could symbolize grief. Now, usually our, those emotions don't just come from nowhere. Very often, what, those emotions will be rooted in something, so it won't just be fear. It won't just be that you've got fear. It will be, there will be a reason for that. It won't just be that you've got an anger management problem. It, it could be that the root cause because you could, people could say to you, just let go of your anger, but there's a root cause. There's a deep, deep wound in your heart. Maybe you went through years of childhood abuse, and that's left you angry at the world. And, and you don't even think about that anymore, but you've now got into the situation where you're angry all the time, and you know you shouldn't be angry. So what we do is we push our emotions down. We tend to, to I mean, like, since everybody else in the church is getting pregnant, I thought I would just join in. We tend to, to uh, suppress. We go about trying to hide our emotions. We try to hide them. No, no, I, I, I'm not angry. Not at all. <laughs> And we go about with some of our emotions hidden and other ones on full... I'm getting photographs taken right now. Other ones on full display. We are suppressing some of them and expressing other ones. I mean, really, see, see when you overtook that guy on the Anthony Hendy and he started shouting and his veins were sticking out? It was nothing to do with you whatsoever. That guy has been suppressing his anger and suppressing his anger and suppressing his anger and trying to keep his act together for so long that the slightest thing, his anger popped out and his eyes popped out and his veins popped out. <laughs> That's what we do. We, now, we, we know that it's not a good thing to go about expressing our unresolved emotional issues. So we think that the best thing to do is to push them down, to push them down, to be in denial about them, to pretend that we don't have them. But they're still there. They are unresolved issues. We all carry unresolved issues about with us. And the Bible encourages us quite often to search our hearts, 
to let a person examine themselves or to pray, search my heart, O God, and see if there's some harmful way in me. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The Bible tells us to make sure we are thinking only on those thoughts that are good and pure and healthy and lovely and of good report, positive thoughts. And it says if we do that, the peace of God will be with us. But what we do is we pretend we don't have issues. Oh, oh my goodness, I just, I just expressed some jealousy. I better hide it there. I just expressed some doubt. I better hide it. I mean, like, sooner or later, you're going to go flying off into the blue, you know? And your life is going to get caught with every gust of wind that comes your way. But we're not supposed to express them angrily or dysfunctionally at people, but neither are we supposed to. I mean, like, how many more damaged emotions do you think I could get stuffed in here? Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, sooner or later, I'm going to pop. And that's what happens when we continually suppress our emotions. We either express them in the wrong way to the wrong people at the wrong time, or we continue to push them down until eventually we pop. And we're not supposed to do any, either of those. We're not supposed to deny that we've got them. We can admit that we have got these. We can say, look, look at this issue. I've got this issue here. And I've got this issue here. And they all want to stick statically to me right now. <laughs> and I've got all of these issues. And I can acknowledge them. I can take them out. I can look at them, I can think about them, I can talk to God about them, I can pray about them, I can acknowledge that they're real, I can allow myself to feel them for a few minutes. I am really angry at that person and the way they treated me. It wasn't fair and it wasn't right. I'm not going to push it down and I'm not going to deny it, but neither am I going to get on social media and say, to that person who did such and such. I'm not going to express it and I'm not going to suppress it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to bring it before God in prayer. I'm going to say, Lord, I have got this issue and this issue and this issue. And I acknowledge that they're there. And I know that if I don't deal with them, either I am going to express them to the wrong people and I'm going to cause drama, which we're going to look at next Sunday, all about drama, but I'm going to cause drama in my life or else I'm going to continue to suppress them until eventually I can't take any more. I'm overwhelmed. I'm about to pop. So instead, Lord, I will acknowledge to you that I feel this way. I will acknowledge to you that these things have happened to me. I will acknowledge to you that I have not handled these things well. I bring them before you in prayer, Lord. I untangle myself. I untangle myself from the whole big mess of it. And I leave it with you. And I give it to you. And now I can't get it back for the, se for the second service. We'll send an intern up there. That's what we'll do. <laughs> and we'll have another couple of interns with, net, with a net down here as well. In fact, maybe this big t-shirt we do is a net. It's so big. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to let them go and give them over to God. So, and, and the reason why we don't let them go is because very often we identify with these issues. 
We identify with them. And so instead of saying, I feel angry or I feel sad, what do we say? I am angry. I am sad. And we identify with these issues so we can't let them go because we think they're us, but they're not. They are simply things that come and go, and we don't have to hold on to them. We can let them go. Um, Psalm 46, I want to show you Psalm 46. It's a very, uh, uh, very well-known verse of Scripture, but I've put it up in four different translations because I think it brings out the full meaning of the word. Be still and know that I am God. See, when you feel like there's a whole upheaval going on in your life, it's time to be still. It's time to just be still. It's time for some introspective prayer. It's time to acknowledge that you, you, can't, you aren't in control of your whole life. You're not God. God is God. And actually, the things that you're holding on to are actually tripping your life up. Look at this. Stop your striving and recognize that I am God. See, when you're striving with all of these um, unresolved issues in your life, it stops you from actually recognizing how God is at work in your life. How about this one? Calm down and learn that I am God. Sometimes we need God to like take us by the shoulders and give us a shake and say, calm down for goodness sake. Like I've been running the universe before you were ever born and I will still do it after you die. I mean, everything's going to be okay. Calm down and learn that I am God. Or how about this one? Let go. Then you will know that I am God. You see, while I was holding on to all of those balloons, while I was holding on to them, God wasn't doing anything with them. So I didn't know what he would do and how he would do it. But when I let go and put them in his hands, and then circumstances begin to change and pieces begin to fall into place, and all of a sudden I know, I learn, I recognize that God had a plan all along, and he knew exactly what he was doing. You know, here, here's, here's three things to let go of. The first one is this, let go of your attachment to changing things. Let go of your attachment to changing things. Because this is where all of our inner turmoil comes from. Everything in this world will change. Look at this music stand. Let's say that you own this music stand. Let's say it meant an awful lot to you. Let's say it, somebody bought it for you, and the person who bought it was somebody very special in your life. This music stand will not last forever. It will begin to rust, or the paint will chip off it, or, or the threads and the screw will stop working, and it will slide down, and every time you put it, if everything changes. You change. If you don't believe that, just look in the mirror every morning. Take a selfie of yourself every week for a couple of years. Everything in this world changes. But the only person who never changes 
is God. And, you know, this is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, that we are to fix our attention not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. Because what is seen is temporary and lasts only for a time. But what cannot be seen is eternal and lasts forever. You know why we can't let go of things? Because we, we don't like things to change. We don't like people to die. We don't like pastors to leave our church and go and work at another church. We don't like, you know, they've changed the traffic light system. We, you know, whatever, small, the smallest change and we got all upset about it. And we cannot cope with the fact that the world has changed. And we get all this in our turn. I mean, people even do over politics. You know, if you don't like who got voted in, you get to vote again in another few years' time. Well, that used to be the case. But now, people have like a nervous breakdown because the person they voted for didn't come in. And, and then they live in a world of denial. And, you know, like, I, I, I'm, you know, I come from the UK, and so I follow the UK news, and I have lots of friends in the UK, and, you know, the UK voted for Brexit recently, and some people are very, actually, three years ago they voted for it, but they got it recently. Some people are happy, and some people are unhappy, and the ones that are unhappy are posting European Union flags on social media to say, I'm still a part of the European Union. Yeah, but you're not, okay? <laughs> you're not. Or in the United States, when I go there quite often, you sometimes see, see car stickers, not my president. Actually, he is. <laughs> if you're a United States citizen, he is your president. You know, you can live in denial and pretend that nothing's changed. Or you realize that everything changes and see that thing that just changed, it will even change again in the future because everything in this physical universe is temporal. It's temporary. It changes. It is subject to change. But God never changes. So you cannot put your faith in anything or anyone, including in your own ability to understand everything and manage your life, because everything changes. But the only one you can put your faith in is the only unchanging one, and that is God himself. Let go of attachment to changing things. If circumstances in your life have changed, if things are in the past and have changed now, there's nothing you can do. Let it go and live in the present and enjoy the gift of life God has given you today instead of poisoning today's life by holding on to all the balloons from yesterday. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. Let go of attachment to changing thoughts. Let go of attachment to changing thoughts. You know, I need, um, I think I need how many people do I need up here? Could four people come up on the stage? In fact, could everybody on the front row come up? I, I will allow you to sit there. <laughs> Unless we could do a quick miracle. <laughs> right. Let go of your attachment to changing thoughts. Look what Jesus said. Take no thought saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Like, I know we all say that every single morning when we wake up, but 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. It's a very well-known verse, but I want to draw your attention to the first four words. Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. Sometimes people think they have to own every thought that comes their way. You know, you don't let every person that rings your doorbell in the house. There are some people that you let in, and there are some people that you keep there, especially the ones that are looking for money or something like that. You keep them there, people that you don't know, right? You, you don't let every stranger into your house, and you don't need to let every thought into your head. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, is saying here, that thoughts come and thoughts go, and you have the choice whether you take a thought or whether you let it go. So, let me show you this. If I could give you these. Who can hold two? Could you hold two? Could you hold two? Okay, so I am a thinker. You know the thinker? I'm a thinker, okay? I am a thinker. Could you all get in a light? Could you, could you go over that side? When I was a kid, there used to be this TV show on in the UK. They probably had it here or an equivalent. It will probably sound familiar to you. It was called The Generation Game. My parents always watched it. And at the very end, the person that had won or got through to the end, the final thing they had to do was they sat them in front of a conveyor belt. And it was blocked off at either side, so he only saw the item that was in front of him. And all of these items would pass before him on a conveyor belt, and he had to memorize all the items that he wanted. Now, some of them were good items, you know, they were worth a lot of money, but some of them were just cheap things, you know. I I remember every week there was always a cuddly toy. It could be a rabbit or a bunny or a teddy bear, but there was always a cuddly, I mean, it was like worth 20 bucks. But for some reason, everybody remembered the cuddly toy. And they sometimes forgot the really expensive things. And as they would, they would go past, the announcer would have his voice on, a microwave oven, you know, and then it would go by. A cuddly toy, and then it would go by. And then the, at the end, the guy had one minute, and the man would say to him, tell me everything you can remember. A microwave oven, a, micro, a cuddly toy, a cu-, you know. And, and it's amazing, very often they remembered the things that they didn't really want and forgot the things they did want. And every time I read this verse, take no thought saying, I remember the generation game and the conveyor belt. And this is what our thoughts are like. I am thinking thoughts, and if you could all walk like a conveyor belt, my thoughts are passing before me in a procession. I don't need to take all my thoughts. Now you can come back the other way as well. Now, do it slowly this time. Now, see, love. Oh, I want to take that thought. What's that one say? Suspicion? No, you can go on by. Oh, peace. I would like some peace. Do I want some fear? Will I watch that horror movie? No, I'll let it go on by. What's this one? Hmm? Oh, you can go as well. Oh, happiness. Happiness. 
doubt, off you go. I don't want fear and doubt. There's a little poem you can always remember. Fear and doubt, kick them out. That's it. Anytime fear and doubt come, you kick them out. You see, I chose... <laughs> I chose thoughts of love. I chose thoughts of peace. I chose thoughts of happiness. I didn't take that thought. I didn't take that thought. I didn't take that one or that one. And how do you take a thought? Jesus says, take no thought saying. See, when you say it, that's when you get it. And sometimes it's not just saying it publicly, it's saying it over and over in our head. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, doubt, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm, I'm filled with doubt. And not only am I filled with doubt, but I'm filled with fear because if it doesn't happen. And before you know it, you're saying the thing over and over and over in your head all the time. And once you start saying the thought, you've taken the thought. But you don't have to say it. You don't have to hold on to it. It doesn't need to be like one of these balloons that you're shoving down. You can just say, I'm going to let that thought pass on by. Just let it go on by. I only want these thoughts. I'm only going to speak out with my mouth and speak over and over in my mind. Good thoughts. Do you know that I was reading a couple of cycle... In fact, I think you can probably go now. Give them a good thank you for coming up and helping me. Um, I was reading uh, some psychological articles recently, and I discovered this amazing thing. Maybe, maybe you already know about it. Maybe you're one of these people. I don't know. But apparently there are people who have got no internal monologue. They don't talk to themselves in their head. So, uh, what? I, mean, I, I mean, I talk to myself out loud. I mean, if you meet me in Safeway, you'll see me saying, no, I don't like that one. Where is the one? I like? Oh, there it's there. I don't care, right? I am on a mission, and I want to fulfill my mission. But some people don't even talk to themselves in their head. And in fact, psychologists have discovered when they interview these people that those people thought, I thought that only happened in movies, that people talk to themselves in their head. I didn't know that happened in real life. And so they've tried to work out, well, what does that mean? Does that mean these people never think? And so they've, they've tried to work out what it is. Do you know what it is? These people sit there and watch every thought go, pow, oh, I'm frightened now. Oh, I'm happy now. Oh, I've got doubt now. Oh, I've got joy now. And they do it. And because when the psychologists asked them, well, how do you think? And they said, well, thoughts just come. They just come and then they go and they come and then they go. And actually... They're right to a certain extent. They do. But then you're supposed to decide what you actually want to think. And you're supposed to say, I'll have that one and that one and that one because those are the promises of God for my life. But I will not take those other ones. My last point is this. Let go of all your inner baggage regularly. I mean, like you can do it at the time. You know, when you're standing in line at the checkout and something is really irritating you, you can actually do it right there and then and say, I'm just going to let this go. I'm going to give all my anxieties, all my worries, all my cares to God, for he cares for me, and I'm going to let it go. When something happens, when somebody says something, rather than hold on to it and shove it in there and be pregnant with it for six weeks before you decide to actually give birth to anger, 
or something like that. You could just let it go. Let it be like water off a duck's back. Have you ever seen a duck getting wet? A duck gets wet and the water runs right off of it. Why? Because the duck, inside the duck, it produces oils. The oil its feathers and make it waterproof. And you have the oil of God's Holy Spirit inside you, giving you peace and joy and love and hope. Let the Holy Spirit, let the fruit of the Spirit develop in your life. And every time someone throws some mud at you, it's just going to be like water off a duck's back because you are deciding that you are going to let it go. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to let it go. We're going to let all of our issues go. Those thoughts that we're holding on to, those things that happened in the past that you can't change anyway. That person at work that irritates you, that circumstance, whatever it may be, we're going to let those things go. We're not going to let them fester inside and change our character to something negative. We're going to give it all into God's hands because we are believers. We are people of faith. Our trust is not in ourselves or our ability to solve all of our problems. Our trust is in the Lord. And we're going to trust Him today. We are going to be like the man holding on to that stick and we're going to let it go. And sometimes our problems are not even our own. Some of you in this room are carrying baggage, and it's not even your baggage. It's somebody else's baggage, and they've let it go, and you're still carrying it. Like the story of the two monks. There was these two monks, and they're walking down the road, and this this car pulled up, and this very rich lady in this very expensive car, she's at the side of the road, and, and, but there, it's all muddy between the road and the sidewalk, and she's saying, I'm not walking on this. And there's a, the old monk and the young monk. The old monk said to the woman, come on in my back. And he put her on, on his back, and then he put her down, and she didn't even say thank you. She was, and she walked off. And the young monk was quite shocked. And they walked on the road and they didn't talk like for two hours. And then eventually the young monk said, I just cannot believe how insolent that woman was to you. And the old monk said, I let her go two hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? Sometimes we are carrying other people's baggage. We're going to let go of our baggage. We're going to let go of other people's baggage. We're going to let go of things that have happened in the past or even in the, in the recent times that we cannot change. We're going to let go of our thoughts and our emotions that are holding us back and weighing us down. And we're going to put them all into the hands of God. Are you ready, church? Come on, let's stand up. Come on, let's stand together. Stand, stretch yourself, wake yourself up, lift your hands up to heaven, and let's say together, right here and right now, I let go of every thought that's holding me back. I let go of anger, doubt, fear, sadness, control, irritation, depression, lust, unforgiveness. I let them go. I let go. I 
and let God. I cast all my cares in Him. And I am free in Jesus' name.